0: Love Talk Radio To all my people in the struggle You think God's forgotten about you Here's some pain medicine Let's go you in your car you at the house On your job
1: everyone. This is Ariel, and this is another edition of In My Father's House. In My Father's House are many rooms, many mansions, many streams of ministry. And In My Father's House is a place where God's servants, the bride of Christ, comes forth and gives forth the words that the Lord has given them, their ministry, their walk with the Lord. Today I am so excited. and I have a guest that I'll be introducing her momentarily. But first, going before the Father, Father, I just thank you for another episode of what you called to be. This is ordained show that you have set forth, and Father, I take it not lightly. The people, the people on the in the studio. Also in the chat room also those who are going to come by archives I know that you're going to touch them and bless them with this show. Father, I thank you. Father, you have given us authority, and as given authority in the airways, I right now rebuke any principality and powers of darkness and rulers in high places. You take your hands off this show. This is God's property. We will not entertain any foolishness. The airways are secured. We ask for warfaring angels all around to do warfare. And these lives will not be hindered. We thank you, Lord, for those warfaring angels. We thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit have his way in this program today. Holy Spirit, guide our tongues, guide our demeanor, guide where we are to bring forth what is to be brought forth today. Father, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, my Lord and my Redeemer. All right, everyone, again, today's program, this is an exciting time. Her name is Katie Griffin, and she and I met a couple of months ago. And you know how when you meet someone, you know it's a divine connection. We literally were only to meet for 30 minutes, and it wind up being five hours later. And I will share some things, and we'll share as we're talking and getting to know her and she and what God has for her and what she's doing and you will just see how God uses signs and wonders to really authenticate when he's putting people together when he's doing something and this is a person who is commanded of the Lord to write many books she um the I just will read the synopsis I have of her book the sons of El Elyon. In the beginning, El Elyon created a world of perfection and gave man authority and dominion over all that he had made. Man disobeyed the instruction of the Most High God and thus relinquished his place of authority. It is Katie Griffin's goal to take the series of the sons of El Elyon from the fall of the one we call Satan to the establishing of the king of Israel. As mankind sought to fulfill their lusts, rebellious angels up against El Elyon and betrayed him. They took the daughters of men until themselves, corrupting the seed of woman. This union produced a soulless and evil offspring called Nephilim, who were determined to pollute all that El Elyon had created. El Elyon found one man who was undefiled, whose seed was still pure, Noah. The Most High God purged the pollution from the earth and preserved a pure line through which a Redeemer would come. The Seed War, which is the subtitle of her book, continues to rage until even our present day as the redeemed battle, the ancient evil. So with that, I want to bring on the author... And she will tell you her background. Katie Griffith, welcome, Katie. I'm so great to have you here. Thank you so much,
2: Ariel. I so appreciate it, and I'm so blessed to be with you.
1: Well, there, we were just going to get right into it, uh, callers. If you have any questions or you want to make a comment, again, if it is if it's not in line of any agenda, I will not give you airtime. But If you have a sincere question and a comment, please call in to 818-688-5678. Push the one, your light will come on. And when there's time, if there's a break within what the Holy Spirit is doing, I will bring you on. It won't come on until that time. So with that, Katie, we were just talking uh, a week ago, and God has given you, um a glimpse of two thousand thirteen. Why don't we start there and just um share what God has shown you. All
2: right. Um I was usually at the beginning of every year the Lord will give me um a scripture or a word or something that that He will develop and build upon. And I was actually just kind of minding my own business and um I'm I wasn't even thinking in this direction, and all of a sudden I heard the Lord say to my spirit that 2013 is 2012 plus one. And I said, what? You know, that doesn't, just like, what are you saying? And and so I also know that Proverbs 25, five two says that, you know, it's God's agenda to hide things, but that we, um, kings and priests, need to go in and search these things out. And and so I began to say, okay, Lord the Hoster, show me exactly what you mean. And so the very first thing he brought to to my attention was that uh, 12 is is, uh, divine government, or 12, the number 12 is divine government. Uh, But 13 is divine order, because 12 plus 1 is 13, and Jesus 12 disciples and Jesus makes 13. So when God adds the one, in there he's adding the the one true god into the mix then that begins to to fulfill and to complete what god has set in place you can take the same principle with the number 6 which we all know is the number of man but when you add one to that the one true God. To that number, you get seven, which is completion. So that was what God is doing. He's beginning to take to a place where we we'll begin to see the birthing and the beginning of the promises that He's made. In the past um, the enemy has fought and fought and fought and tried to get those promises out of us and for us to let go of them. If you've hung on to your promise, I honestly believe in twenty. 20- you're going to begin to see the foundation of that, and then as I begin to to to, uh, to begin to come merge forth, and what and as I'm, I'm meditating on that, the next thing he said was, "This is the year of the door." So, mm. So I went to that and I began to I had been studying some things in Hebrew because I'm I'm actually writing on the third book now and I was studying some things about Abraham and and things in the the regional Hebrew language and so I had been dealing with with the the uh the symbol, the Hebrew example um as I meditated on that. he is the door. And and one of the things that the Lord told me was that the very first letter of the very first word, of the very first sentence, of the very first of our Bible is the the letter, the Hebrew letter uh, that is symbolized by a house. And that God is building a house. And that's what all of this is about From the get-go From Genesis to Revelation It's about God building a house And the very scriptures that you have That says For your program within my Father's house Are many things God is building a house And Amen. We go
1: all the way to Even into Jude And we we'll look in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus.
2: And because they abandoned their position in their house, that what their celestial position, then what God is saying, I'm going to have a people that will continue in my house. And Jesus and in the Father's house building and making places for us for the last 2,000 years. So of abode. And that's what we are going to begin to see and move on. I mean this is it's going to begin to speed up as time marches on because we're not at the end of time. We're in a change season and we're going from a season of the
0: church to the season
1: of the kingdom. Amen, amen, amen. I tell you, you know, I, I have to come against right now the spirit that is trying to stop the communication. I believe that the communication is still going through. It's trying to affect me hearing you, but I will not stop. We will not stop. We will not give any inch to the enemy. Right now, I I heard a little bit of what you said, but I know what you said was of God, And that doesn't – we're going to continue on. I want to – I know that this is God's kingdom, and this is God's house, and it will – and the kingdom of God suffered violently, but the violent will take by force. So we're taking by force whatever the enemy's trying to come against. Um, Katie, I want to ask you, the book, tell me how it came about – because we talked when we first met, listeners. We both. Come, uh, let me just tell you what was really interesting about meeting her, is I had seen her book in the bookstore. Um, I have also written a book, and it was at a. It was at a church, and I remember picking the book up and going, "Wow, this looks really interesting." And there was a person at the church said, "I needed to meet this person, Katie." And I said, "Okay." And I'm always when someone says I really need to to meet someone. I I said, okay, that's fine. So we had just thought we are going to meet for coffee. And like I said, five hours later, we were still talking. Well, the one thing she had on the table was her book. And I did not know that this was going to be the author I was going to meet of the book. So she gave me a copy of that. And I like I said, there's so much that that God just unloaded. And I just know that during this time we have together, he's going to unload some more. But Katie, the book, The Sons of El Elyon. How did you come about that? The subtitle is The Seed War, Justice is Waiting. How did God give you that assignment?
2: Well, it was, it was one of the things where I knew that I knew that I knew that it was a God thing. Now, initially... When the Lord began to um, deal with me about riding, now, I'm a retired CPA, and at that time, I was an active CPA, okay, so I had my own practice, and I was going through tax fees, and then, you know, the whole whole nine yards with all of uh, doing tax returns and so forth, and so the Lord began to deal with me that he wanted me to to, to ride, and and he kept putting me in in a situation where I would have, I mean, like Barbara Yoder and, and, and other prophetic people um, would, started prophesying to me that God wants you to write. God wants you to write. Well, I mean, after two or three of these messages and, and you know, people who you know that don't know what, what they're saying to you is so right on, um, there's no way that they had a clue Um it's like, okay, God, I get it, you want me to write, but what do you want me to write? And so it became my 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 whole question to the Lord. And so I thought, um, mean, he had downloaded a whole bunch of stuff to me about quantum and the effects of quantum in, in, in the spiritual realm, and I thought, well, that's the tech that's where he wants me to go. And then he divinely began to put Randy Domain's book on the Nephilim agenda and some of the things that Randy Domain was speaking was of at that time and starting that book into my hands. And I I had honestly, truthfully, I wasn't sure what the Nephilim was. And as I began to to research, because it began to just fascinate me, um, this whole thing, I, I began to, it just, it was just became so alive in me, and literally one day I was going from my office to my home, which was like a five minute drive, and I saw the the prologue, what turned out to be the prologue of the Seed War, and it was like a movie, and I thought, God, what do you want me to do with that? And I thought I knew I was supposed to write it out. But I didn't know where it was going to go from there. And then scene by scene, the Lord began to either give me a dream or he began to just drop, like, snippets of ideas. And I, and I knew I, had, I was just, like, compelled to sit down and write these things out. And then uh, about playing around with this, uh, I actually gave it to some friends and said, you know, what do you think? Do you think this might possibly make... Be a book. I mean, it's gonna it would be fiction, but I, I really feel like this is the path that God wants me to take. And and a number of my very close friends that pray very strongly and intercede for me came back and said, no, this is the path you're supposed to take. And the Lord just kept divinely interceding and, and intervening in my life to know that I was supposed to write a book of fiction. And I argued with him about it. I, and I argued with him about different scenes that he would give me. Uh, like there's a scene in the book about a UFO. Um, I, I argued with the Lord the whole weekend um, once I wrote it, that this this can't go in the book. I mean, God, I don't believe in UFOs. You know, this is this is ridiculous. People are going to laugh their heads off if I put this in the book. And the Lord said, no, you got to keep it there. And he would give me, I mean, literally, I would sit down to write, Ariel, and I wrote this book, uh, almost a 400-page manuscript, in less than three months.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: I, it was during tax season. I, you know, it, so it wasn't, it wasn't a perfected manuscript. When I finished and we had a lot of work to do on the perfection of the manuscript to make it a book, but the whole story was there and in place. And every time I would go to... To, because I wouldn't know how to make it, there would be a twist in the story. I wouldn't know how to get my characters out of that twist. The Lord would finally show me what He wanted me to do. I would go do the research, and it was exactly right on. And it was just it, the whole thing. The most amazing few months of my life, beyond under comprehension and the natural.
1: Wow. Well, you know, when you said there's two things, one. If you can explain the Nephilim, because I'm familiar with that, because God, too, started having me listen to Randy Domain, and I know that in these end times, it says in Genesis, talking about um, in the days of Noah, and then in Matthew, it talks about in the days of Noah. And in the days of Noah, there were giants in the land. And if you can talk about the Nephilim, talk about how And this is just me. You can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but even though it seems like fiction, there's mainly a lot of truth, because this book resonates, and listeners, I have read it. It's an awesome book, and you've got to read it. And God has shown me in Signs and Wonders, while reading your book, how it's real. Because God says in these end days, He told me in these end days, He was going to make movies, books where people are going to read or watch movies and get saved in their seats. Meaning, it's gonna permeate the kingdom, and it's not gonna be so overtly as it' gonna be covertly, as Mark Stibby said. It's not going to be so obvious, but the people are ready for the supernatural. They see the Harry Potter. They have all the twilight. I believe God is going to use your book as something of a vast light to show the darkness.
2: Well, I I, I totally agree. Um, before I explain the nephilim, I will say that it's one of the things that as I was writing the first book, Um, In the middle of the writing, uh, in fact, it was in January of 2011, uh, I remember sitting before my computer and the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, I want to discuss some things with you. And he, he began to show me exactly what you're talking about, that he was going to begin to open up. The media um whether it be the books or screenplays or or movies or television shows or cartoons, but he would begin to open up the media so that they he would have this counter to and he is specifically named Harry Potter in the Twilight series to me, <laughs> and he they there. They have The enemy has thinks he's gotten a jump on me, but what I have done is I've whetted the people's appetite for the supernatural. Now I'm going to come in and I'm going to hand them the truth of where the basis of all of this was birthed. And the basis of all this is birthed in the fallen angels and what they did. Now, we have to remember that Lucifer was was a high angel, he was the covering cherub um over over the father, and he and in his position out of plot and when the Lord began to show me what he did and why he did what he did, he also showed me the fall and how that there, he how that Lucifer or Satan or his ex great name l l car. Light barrier, son of dawn, that he he took one third of the angels uh in uh with him in his rebellion, and what they saw when they saw God come in because chaos entered into this universe, and into the universe that we know and that we live in did not have chaos in it until Lucifer was cast out of heaven. And when he was cast out, chaos came in to this earth and brought destruction into this chaos, into this, to this earth, and to this not just the planet Earth, but into the entire universe. And that's why we have the laws of decay now, and everything has a limited time to live. It may A star may live millions of years, but it has a space of time during which it can exist and it begins to decay.
1: Hmm. So chaos
2: entered. Now, so God came in and he co- reconstructed, restored, and if you read my book, I think I proved this to the reader, that he restored the Earth, and he set man in uh into the garden to become the uh, have dominion over this this restoration and and he put a tree in the middle of the garden, and that tree was called the tree of good and evil, but the true rendering of those words is the tree of peace and chaos mm. so what he he said, "Okay, the enemy has put mixture of chaos, and the word in the Hebrew is rah, ra, r a. He's put a mixture of ra into everything that exists, and he wants to convince everyone that if he puts peace around it, and peace meaning nothing missing, nothing broken, but all is complete and whole, that he just you know this is the core." Uh, of raw is in the core of, of this. That if he gets you to participate from it, and he gets that into you, then he's got you. Because now he has he he the darkness in him will begin to call out to the chaos within you. Now I I want to step aside here and say this all ties back to the fact that the written instructions for life are in the DNA. I truly believe when Adam and Eve were t- took, rather, of the fruit of the tree of peace and chaos, they altered their DNA.
0: Mm. And
2: and so, okay, now we jump forward to where God is standing there dealing with this because through deception and outright disobedience from Adam, They partook of this fruit, and now into God's new creation, into God's man and woman who did not know chaos, now they do understand chaos. And he said, okay, I've got to deal with this, and what I'm going to do is I'm going through woman, I'm going to bring forth a seed that will restore peace back to all things.
1: Amen. But
2: I'm going to put a war between Lucifer and the woman. Now, the war was not between Adam and Lucifer or Satan. The war is between woman and Satan. And the seed that Satan is after is began to be, he needed to pervert her seed. And when God spoke to her and said in Genesis, um, I Through your seed, you will bring forth a seed that will crush his head, but he shall continuously bite at your walk. So what he's doing there, he's he's prophesying to her, Jesus. 4,000 years later, he's prophesying. God is prophesying to Eve that 4,000 years later, of course he doesn't name the time and day, so Lucifer has no idea if when she begins to conceive children and bring forth children such as Cain and Abel, hey, one of these guys might be the seed that I'm that's going to crush my head. I need to do away with seed of woman.
1: So there became a war for the seed of woman. Mm. Now now Katie, I wanna just right there. I remember when you were discussing this what you were showing about how God made Adam and why Eve was pertain was able to be deceived, but not Adam. Okay. Do you maybe you were speaking about the Holy Spirit, you were saying how the DNA where that came from? Why? The-
2: the the um let me go back to my get my thought back into that. Okay, when God created Adam he and he formed Adam, he spoke into Adam and breathed into Adam. And what again go back to what is DNA? DNA is the written instructions that give instructions to all life systems on how to operate, not just ourselves, but all of our life systems, or that, and how we operate is in our DNA. So when God came, and He, He, this is a beautiful picture of how that God is creating the Bride of Christ. When He showed Adam that there was no other creature that could help him achieve his purpose of, of increase of multiplying and, and taking dominion and increasing uh, so greatly that the whole earth was full of of humans. So there was no one. He had no mate. He had no way of mating. So after he came to that realization, God then put him to sleep, took out of his side for the first time blood was shed upon the earth, the very first blood, and all of the universe, because no other creature, no other being in all of the universe possessed blood in heaven and earth except the mammals, okay? So the blood that God was after was was spilt when he went after that rib. Now, go back to the cross. What was going on there? God was birthing by, by when Christ's side was, was pierced, he birthed the church. He birthed the bride. And the blood was shed for that bride to come forth. Now, God was speaking to, to that, and he brought forth out of the bone mirror of the rib the already existing DNA, but he removed the Y chromosome, which is the male chromosome. And, he, and then he formed Eve and gave her the XX chromosome. So the Y chromosome is the one that that has the memory from generation to generation, um, but the XX doesn't, doesn't normally repeat itself the same way that the XY does. So anyway, without going into collaborative scientific teaching on this, What God was doing was He was birthing and bringing forth her ability to to reproduce after her kind as well with the help of Adam. So there again is a picture of she needed the male seed to reproduce. So when it came when the enemy began to put all this, because remember he's a very brilliant. And he he gets it. He's existed for thousands and thousands and thousands and eons. He gets what God's doing. He sees it. And he says, okay, I got exactly what now was going on there, so we've got to figure out a way to get to her DNA. We've got to figure out a way to get to her seed. And so that's when he began to, to figure out how that he, as celestial beings, because, again, we know that celestial beings have the ability to appear as terrestrial beings. So the celestial being begin to, the fallen angels, begin to appear and form themselves as terrestrial beings, fully functional. It's terrestrial beings. And they mated with these women. And these women brought forth again. their DNA uh, Celestial DNA, which was um, had had the ability to, to, to be supernatural, and so there's the deathly now.
1: Wow! 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 Can you hear me, Katie?
2: I do. Yeah. Every so often, I get a little bit of static, but I do hear okay. you. Okay.
1: Okay. Because um, it's coming in and out. And so when the whole thing with the the DNA of Adam and how Lucifer uh, deceived Eve and how going fast forward into when Christ was pierced the birthing of the church so the brighter Christ will have Christ DNA
2: Absolutely, and as I was writing the first book, I, I asked the Lord, what, "What? Tell me what you see when you see DNA." And He said, "What I see is I see divine nature attributes." And I and I thought, sat and thought about that for a long time because we're created in His image and in His likeness. Now likeness means that we have the ability to function like He functions. Um. So we need his DNA in order to do that. And what Christ came to do, He came to restore uh, a perfect of uh, DNA to us. Um, and, and when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, when we're immersed into the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit begins to then take over those instructions, and I trust humans thought and, and begins to impregnate us with the celestial thought. This is why we are a creature that's never been before. This is what Paul is talking about when he's talking about um, the sons of God being made manifest and that how that, that all of creatures creation is longing for the sons of God to be made manifest and that is that we are a new creature in Christ Jesus we will never be a new creature apart from Christ Jesus apart from the one the twelve will never function
1: Hmm, praise God you know um, listeners when I read her book and after meeting her one of the things I do know is When you're reading a book from an author and you get to know them, you can hear their voice coming through. The interesting thing about her book, especially the prologue, is it's not her voice. You can definitely tell this was a direct download from God. And that was amazing to me because it's like God showed her how and what happened when Lucifer fell. When I was reading her book, I was in... Um, Texas. And I was in my parents' car and I said, I've got to read this book. I'm commanded to read this book. I'm just going to read it. So as I'm reading their book, we had to go on a a military base. And as we're going on to the military base, I looked up and here we are going through the gates. I looked down and I read about how her protagonist is coming to a military base. And I went, whoa, Wow. Okay. You know, I, I love what a friend of mine said. There's no coincidence. It's 100% God. You know, there's no such thing as coincidence. So I'm like, okay, God, this is this is really interesting. So now my mom tells my dad she wants to go to Galveston, which isn't very far from Houston. So we go down and I see, welcome to Galveston. I look down at the book, the protagonist is in Galveston. And I remember talking to you, Katie, and just being so excited because... It was like God was just big green lights, green lights this is it this is this is the book. this is something that's gonna be one of those end time books that's gonna be a movie. Has the Lord spoken to you about that well yeah he um
2: he did tell me that 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 my writings would be made into movies now, um of course, you know it's only been out a year this month and um, I was actually in Arizona at a conference, and um, uh, uh, P- Patricia King uh, came up. Or I came up to her to speak to her, and she, um, I had signed my book and was handing it to her, and she said, "You do know that this book is going to be a movie?" And I just kind of looked at her like, "Wow." Because, I mean, it was like,
0: uh, I've
2: had so many people um, that have read the book that have said to me, you do know that this book is going to be a movie. And, so, and people say, you know, it's like I see it in my head as I read it. It's not like, a, you know, just reading a story. It's like I see it play out in my in my mind. I, and, yes, it is, it definitely is fiction. And, and there's definitely, you know, the characters are, are uh, imagination characters. I mean, they didn't come, they don't. Actually, truly exist Although I will say that the names Of the five principal characters Are taken from the names of my uh, Five grandkids But, um, you know there was, And there's places in, in the book That I write from because I know those places I, mean, you know, I was born in Charleston, Texas So, you know, of course I know <laughs> And I'm going to write From where I know And what I know of so that I can describe it But the the actual Events um, did did not happen, and, and I only in the, when I deal with the ancient past, because the story is told from the ancient past as well as from the current day, and both uh, the first and the second book, and, and I'm already writing on the third book, and so it, I have that going in all three of these books of, of the parallel stories, uh, and I, I deal with going through there, I mean, I do a lot of research, both on the current day stuff, and I'm um, the ancient past. But when I sit down to write, it's like the Lord shows me um, something that uh, happened in the ancient past But there is no way I can prove that actually happened. But in my heart, I feel like it did. I There's a character, um, a, an angelic character, a good angel, in in uh, the first book called Hanel. And I honestly believe this angel exists.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I, I do. Mm-hmm. I it's just I,
2: and he he's carried into uh, he appears a, just briefly in the second book, but he's a major character in the third book. And I've gotten to know him as I sit down and write of of his passion for God, his passion for for El um, Elion, his passion to to be perfection in his duties, and uh, how his vast range of knowledge and his his passion for the character that he's always interacting with, his joy, his peace, and he's a warring angel. He he has, you know, big, gigantic angel, um, bigger than a house kind of angel, but he walks in joy he, because he knows. Who his God is and what his God can do, and he wants that same kind of joy and peace in in the the human character, the terrestrial character that he's always interacting with. Mm-hmm. And I thought, as the Lord began to show me different attributes of angels and and the loyalty and in, in their their passion to see this thing lined up, because it was from their ranks that god's creation was perverted and they they carry that we want to right this wrong kind of thing and that they're just as hungry to see justice come to to terrestrial beings uh, as we are and we've not understood the nature of justice we've understood to a large degree what righteousness is, but we've not fully understood what justice entails, and the justice that is waiting for this particular generation that now walks on planet Earth is that, for the last five to six thousand years, all of the inequities that have been done towards humanity from fallen angels.
1: And that's where the Nephilim, because they're fallen angels that have mated with women.
2: Well, it's the offspring. The Nephilim are the offspring of the fallen okay. angels. They are the hybrid beings, and and the through, um, in starting with the second book and and in very clearly into the third book, I will deal more and more with that fact of the modern day Nephilim. What are they? Where are they coming from? How are they going to affect um our existence today and we can see a lot of it already beginning and begin in the early nineteen hundreds and we can see how that uh, transhu- uh, transhumanism uh with and bionic uh and genetic manipulation and and cloning and all of this um you looked at. Movies such as Born Legacy and the Born uh, movies deal directly with the genetic manipulation uh, and and bringing supernatural abilities through genetic manipulation. Well, that is the that is the that uh, whole agenda of doing that is birthed straight from the pits of hell and from the fallen angels.
1: Hmm. because they have the, the knowledge they're trying to. Come against the seed, like hence the seed war. Um, one of the things, you know, it says just like in the days of Noah when, when, when women were mating with angels and God had decided to wipe their earth clean, hence Noah had to go into the ark. How are we, in the present day, do you see the, we're entering into a, almost a present day Noah where the ark will be Christ returning? And just the the evil that is persisting and calling what is good, evil, and evil good, we're in those times and racing forward
2: right exactly and it 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 does have to do with such um widespread evil um and and people are blind to it, yeah we're blinded to how much evil exists in our world already blinded to the uh, understanding of how much the fallen angels have already invaded our life. Just to give you an example, take the Statue of Liberty. Okay, you look at it and we think, okay, that that's a beautiful symbol of the home of the free and the home of the brave. Uh, everybody wants to see the Statue of Liberty and everybody wants that. But you, if you really studied this out, where was this thing birthed? How did it come about? Where is the basis in it? And I can tell you it goes all the way back to Babylon and the Tower of Babel mm-hmm. and the falling angels coming back again. It is a symbolic figure of the Queen of Heaven, which was the wife of Nimrod,
0: mm-hmm. who was
2: the very first uh world leader who sold himself out to Satan and became Nephilim through his desires
1: to become a demigod. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Semi rain is yeah, yeah. God is really raising up people that are going into this realm. A lot of the um the Christians in church it's like, oh I don't wanna hear this you know, I wanna just run and hide. But I, I think You know, those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, because he doesn't want us to be taken unaware. He wants us to open our eyes. It's almost like I remember saying to someone, he's raising up a bride where we're saying, you know, like the little boy with the emperors with new clothes on. He's naked as a jaybird. You know, what do you mean these clothes? This is not clothes he has on. And that's where... We're, we're at at this point, that it's the remnants that's going to bring forth what God is showing. Hey, wake up. This is happening all around us. It's a clarion call. It's a clarion call.
2: Absolutely. I mean, this is the time where we have got to, um, I, I, I will preface before I go any further with that. I was laying in bed uh, about a year and a half ago on a Saturday morning i still still managing, you know, my practice and all and I was exhausted and tired and I was I kinda woke up this, in you know, the wee hours of the morning and I'm just laying there thinking, Oh, I'm so tired and all of a sudden I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, Are you prepared to know who your enemy is? And I I laid there and I meditated on that. And then I heard him say, If you will know your enemy, you will also know how great I am mm-hmm. And I, I and as the Lord began to take me through a walk of understanding what Satan is all is doing, what this is all about, going back to this peace and chaos thing, going back to how the very thing that, that the enemy has been after is the seed, then when I begin to understand that the converse of this is that God is his heart is for the seed to lift it up, to edify it, to bring it to completion, to bring it to fulfillment, and for the fulfillment of its purpose. And the seed, of course, we know the seed was Jesus Christ, but the seed that that is here and walking upon earth today, God has been waiting for generations after generations after generations for this day, for this hour, for this generation to come forth, and for the the power of the Holy Spirit to begin to dig deep inside of us, to rid us of all of the imperfections that sin and the enemy has sold us. We have coexisted for thousands of years with evil. It has become commonplace to us, and we think nothing about it. But now God is drawing the line in the sand and saying, I want my bride to be perfect without spot and without wrinkle. And I want you to stand up and say, I can exist no matter how much darkness is around me. I'm a child of the light. I carry the light in me and I can exist. But I cannot allow the darkness to infiltrate my existence. But as light... I will infiltrate the dark and drive the dark back. And and I, I remember just a few months ago after the election, um, I was praying. It's back somewhat November the sixth or seventh or whatever it was. I was praying one morning and I said, Lord, how are we going to to move forward with what is what I see is what you want us to do. Well, the church has just shrank back and shrank back and shrank back. How are we going to move forward? And he said, I'm calling one person at a time. I'm calling them people, person by person, and they will begin to join together and communities will be affected. Individual or small churches will be affected. And as these things begin to change in communities and in churches, then, then the states and the nations will begin to take notice. But it starts with every one of my children determining that they who are called by my name will humble themselves before me and reposition themselves so that I can come in and make them who they want to be. And again I come back to that word of position. We are called into a place or a position in the kingdom of God we are to stand before the throne in a at attention position Satan abandoned his position if we want to oppose the works of the enemies we have to stand firm in our position and what is our position is to
1: worship our God praise God praise God Worshipping, and I remember when I was with you 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 gave me such a revelation on rest and peace, and how powerful that is. Could you share a little bit about yeah, that yeah the,
2: the remember the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. We understand that our righteousness comes from Yeshua He is made our righteousness And has been made a righteousness for us So when we Accept him into our lives We accept his righteousness But where does our peace come? Well he is the prince of peace And again we have to understand The original meaning of this word The word is shalom What does this word mean? This word means the absence of Conflict It means the absence of of chaos. That that it is a place of where we are in in trust. It is a place we may not have figured out tomorrow, but tomorrow will take care of itself. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? That's Jesus (laughs) teaching. Okay, so we don't. We just live in the moment in a place of rest. uh, Paul and Hebrews talks about how that that the children of Israel, when they got to the promised land, couldn't enter in because they couldn't enter into rest. Well, we have to enter into rest. And well, how can we do that? Because our righteousness exists, our peace can exist. He is the Prince of our uh, peace. He is the um, he's the Melchizedek. He's the, he is the King of of peace. Uh, that's what Melchizedek means, the King of Righteousness, the King of Shalom uh, or Sh- uh, Salem. He's the King of Peace. He, when he meets with you and you meet with him, he imparts peace. Peace is not getting up every day and determining that I'm going to get out and 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 war with something. It means that I'm going to rest in God. Even when we are in a battle against the enemy, our greatest weapon is our peace. And when we have peace, we can pray. We may not see the end result, but we are at peace because God said, I'm going to do this and so. And we know that he's in charge of the time and the place. It is my job to rest in him. And when I do that, Holy Spirit comes along and he says, Okay, now I'm going to empower you with joy. The joy comes because our peace is existing. If our we are abiding in peace, our joy will come. It's that deep, deep knowing that all is well and spring up all out of my soul, rivers of joy, because I am at peace. And that is where we, the attitude in which we need to walk.
0: Amen. Not easy. Amen.
2: Not learn it easy, but it is where we need to walk.
1: And, you know, God knows where we've gone through. And a lot of times people will say, you know, oh, this happened overnight or you had it easy. And none of us who are, you know, God's calling in this day and hour to walk is his bride, and, and to make sure we're out without spot and wrinkle. We may be wrinkled, we may be spotty, but he, he cleanses us. And that takes humbling ourselves, sacrifice, laying down some things, understanding things may not always go the way we want. We may our flesh gets in the way, but if we truly love God, we will obey him and we will lay those things down at his feet.
2: Absolutely, Obedience is always better than sacrifice. It's not what we give up to God that brings our peace. It's the obedience of knowing that whatever God told me to do, that's where I've got to stand and what I've got to do. And God will supply. God is the provider. He's Jehovah. He's whatever I need. I am not dependent upon my understanding because if I go to my understanding, I'm going back to the tree of knowledge. Hmm. I have Hmm. to go to the tree of wisdom. That's where life is. It's in the tree of wisdom. And if you study that uh, back, go all the way back and study the two trees, you will see that the tree of, of life was actually a tree of light. And it's a tree of revelation. It's a tree of the wisdom of God rather than trying to come to an understanding of the how. And that was what the tree of uh, knowledge is we try to come to an understanding of how. We want to be wise like God.
0: Hmm. No,
2: we need God. Right. And God will provide my wisdom, God will give me the revelation I need to walk in. When I need this and how I need it, I can't determine what I know. I, I should not even try to be in charge of that. Um, Jesus even told his disciples not to worry when you stand in front of the courts of, of what you're going to say because the Holy Spirit will empower you at that moment. He will tell you. He will lead you and guide you into all truth. You see, we have to, to understand where our source is. It will never be in ourselves. If our source is ourselves, we're eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. We're eating.
1: We may have a little bit of peace, but we're going to have a whole lot of chaos. Mm, Good word. Good word. Well, you know, I'm, I'm thinking as people are listening to the broadcast and probably contemplating or asking, what kind of books did God tell you to write? What are the Titles of the books are you supposed to write a certain number of books, and if they are just questioning I mean just whatever you sense, I just feel there's some questioning going on with the listeners about how to know more, or um, I just want to say you know- what, just from what I'm sensing is that if you're questioning if there really is this God or the universe that loves us, and he his son came on earth, born of a woman, and he died and he rose again and he's seated on the right hand of the Father, then ask the Lord into your life right now. He will show you. He will open up the things we're talking about to you. He said he wishes that none shall perish. So we ask, we ask right now that if you, if you are listening and you don't know the Lord, we're just asking you to open your mouth, Confess that you know that he sent Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, that's his Hebrew name, to the earth to die for our sins. And that we all have fallen short of the glory of God, so we all have sinned. And confess that you're a sinner and ask him to come into your heart. And he will. And he will abide there. And he will show you some of the things we're talking about. Because if not. It's it's darkened to you. It's veiled. You can't see. Only those who have the light can see what the Spirit of the Lord is showing. So I just thank you right now. If you've done that, I would love to hear from you. If you just send an email, and I just would rejoice and lift you up in prayer. And um, it's hollywoodlion at gmail.com. But I just felt strongly that was coming up, but also some questions. And whatever you feel led also, Sue, right now to just share. Well,
2: um, I don't know exactly how many books there will be in this particular series. I believe that there will be five and possibly seven. Um, the, the the second book, which is The Sounds of War, will be out, and it's at the printer right now, so it should be out and available. Um sometime in February um, on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, and, and you can re- go into your local bookstore and request it because you can go online and get the ISBN, and um, it's also available at the publisher, which is XP Publishing, um, and on my website, too, which is at katiegriffin.com. Um, Katie Griffin, by the way, uh, so you can go in there, and you can would be able to to follow the the trail to to achieve um, the purchase of the book, the second book, or even the first. The third book I'm about a hundred pages into it as we speak, and it's going to be called The Sacrifices of War. The second book deals with the ancient past from the time of Noah's flood um, all the way to the the fall of the Tower of Fable and how all false religions were brought back into the earth or started um after um the, the uh, ark and, and and Noah and all this um by Nimrod and his wife. Um and I go into to detail um from my um Imagination and from the Holy Spirit and what I believe happened and, and started all the false religions and of course when the Tower of Babel came then uh, and languages were, were uh, new languages were brought forth um, then people scattered and um, the myths that were uh, or what we call myths that just the Greek and the Roman god myths were all had basis in in what was transpiring um, before the fall of the Tower of Babel in um, what the scholars call the Sumerian D- Dynasties, but it was actually uh, around um, modern day Iran and Iraq. Um, and uh, what all that was going on, uh, and at the same time, I, I tell on the current day, I tell the story of of how that uh, two of the characters are abducted by, quote-unquote, aliens. And they come to find out that these are not really aliens, but they're demonic beings that are appearing as aliens, um, and how they escape b- and get away from these demonic beings. And uh, it's kind of parallel to the story of Joshua sending out the two spies, um when they got ready to, to go and to to fight Jericho and what was going on there. There's kind of a parallel going on that. But they these kids discover the thoughts and the plans of Satan uh, because they're taken into a time warp to go back and see how Satan planned all this and that there's been this agenda from the kingdom of darkness to control humans and to control the destiny of humanity, to control all the on Earth. And then I showed that also from the story of Nimrod. And that's all in the same book. Surgical the uh, book. you hear me? Can you hear me? I'm hearing you now. Okay. But this, the third book will st- pick up with the story of Abraham and how he was called out of and called away from this same area because he was uh, his father, and he, um, in the land of Ur, and how they came, uh, they came to Canaan. And the Nephilim visited in Canaan when Abraham came. But what God's purpose was, Starting the nation of Israel and and what he was doing, it, birthing, because he was birthing a house again. That word house he was birthing a house and, and rule and reign his government. Oh, God.
1: Well, you know. This is, it's amazing that God has given you such in time revelation and download. It's just truly, truly uh, outstanding. How has your life changed from starting writing? I remember we were talking, we were both talking about how hard writing is. (laughs) It's something we, you know, never thought of, and I'm quite sure you probably never thought of writing. um how has your life changed since God has given you this assignment? Well,
2: um, I retired from being a CPA. And basically I spend my life um, eight to 10 hours a day in my office researching and researching and researching and researching and then sitting down and writing and writing and writing Um I wrote the second book it took me about 8 months to get that from start to finish another 4 months that it edited and so that it's now um at the printer so each book at this point from the finish it's, it's been about a year in in preparation time from but the I mean it takes a lot of research and how do you get this information research and <laughs> Uh, you know, when I, I pray, I spend a lot of time praying and, and seeking the Lord on what he wants, how he wants his said. Um, there's times where I will literally sit down and, I mean, just like bam, 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 the, that the words will come. My vocabulary has increased since <laughs> I've done the writing because God uses words that I've never heard of, and I have to go look for the, those words to find out why he's making those word choices. Um, I find that, that there is no word in our Bible that's there by happenstance. That every mm.
0: word
2: everything, I mean every number, every way that it's worded, and I go back into I I, I don't speak Hebrew but I have a lot of books that will that allow me to, to do Referencing back to see what the original meaning, and of course the interlinear Bible and all these other tools that are available to see what was the original meaning, and I've learned a lot over these years of um, even before I started writing of of being able to do that because there's hidden meanings uh, in the Word of God. He's encoded. God is the greatest. Uh, Cryptographer that has ever lived. He's encoded in yes. his word messages to us and so we have to seek these out and find out what they're what he's talking about. Um I often tell people that the word of God is written at least on three levels. Who knows? I've only discovered three, but there may be twenty thousand of levels. I don't know. I am amazed at, at the at the depth of God's word. And what is there, and mm. what he um, the symbolisms, the numbers, the meaning of the uh, the numbers of of names, uh, all of this. I go digging for for this to see what God is saying, and scriptural is perfect scripture, so then I have to go digging for God. It's kind of like God sends me on a treasure hunt, and then I. <laughs> And, I, and if I can't find what I sometimes he will put um, other people's writings, such I've already mentioned Randy Domain and Chuck Missler and um uh Perry stone and uh, I mean there's just you know I've got the work with josephus and and you know this, this author and all these other throughout the last hundred years uh. Um, the, the understanding of the nephilim is not new to this day and age. People have been writing about the nephilim for hundreds and thousands
0: of years, no. trying to
2: understand what they were and what their purpose was, um, and and why the the, the the all of this was taken out of um, the Bible to begin with. Um, that's an interesting study. Mm-hmm. How the Bible? I mean, all this stuff is 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 Time-consuming cannot be done in just a few days and a few hours.
1: So, really, just like when you talk about the angel Pinnell, the you know, um, I know some of the listeners are wondering what is the sons of El Elyon? Where is that name? And you mentioned Lucifer's name. Uh, okay.
2: I, you broke up a little bit. So I'm gonna. I think I heard what you said. Okay. The word L El means the Most High God. So I took the Most High God. That is the Supreme God of all that is. Whatever universe you're talking about, heaven, first heaven, second heaven, third heaven, earth, whatever you're talking about, the Most High God. The name that that is the Most High God is. L L So what everything came from him and out of him. So we're all sons of God or we're sons of Adam. And we cannot become sons of God until we have gotten Christ's DNA.
0: Hmm.
2: So I'm talking about the 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 created sons of God are the angels, whether they be angels that are still Tied to heaven and 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 citizens of the third heaven, or they're the fallen angels that exist in the second heaven, or that we we who are now birthed through Christ Jesus into the kingdom of God are the sons of God.
1: All right. All right. Praise God, praise God. Well, I tell you what, this has been an awesome time. And I know that like you told the the listeners they can get the book in Amazon, Barnes and Noble um and it, it's in a power pack book XP Media. Um I love the story of um um sharing about, I don't know if that it's okay to share about how, you know, a lot of times. As authors, we're always rejected until God opens up a door and someone gives us favor. I don't know if you feel led to share that story, but it's it's amazing how we think we should have this door open, but then God has a door that no man can shut. And even when we know that we know that we're supposed to go through that door, it may look like it's shutting. But if you persevere, oh yeah.
2: Well, um, I. My husband passed away in or, or went home he was transported to home um in uh january two thousand and five but our our wedding anniversary is march twenty one and um as i was in two thousand eleven as i was nearing that anniversary um of our um, marriage i Heard them by spirit, the Lord say to me, "Okay." And, and at this point, I had a raw manuscript, um, a, the seed war, and and I heard the Lord say to me one day, "I want you to send the, the manuscript when you're finished, and I want you to mail it. I want you to be finished with it, and I want you to mail it on March 21, and I want you to mail it to XP Publishing." Well, you know, I I worked like crazy because remember well, this is tax season. All right, this is March 21st. <laughs> in tech season here, and I worked like crazy day and night uh, to try to get that manuscript to a presentable place. And um, he said, when you send it now, they're not going to immediately want to do anything with it because it's fiction, and they don't publish fiction. They only publish non-fiction writing and uh, christian writing and they're not going to This this out of their comfort zone but don't worry about that because they will publish it you just stay with them because they will publish it and sure enough i i nailed it off on march 21 i got really busy and april the 15th came and went and i didn't hear and i didn't hear and i didn't hear so finally like uh, mid-May, I picked up the phone and I called the offices of XP Publishing and I talked to the administrator and I told her, I asked her do you have my manuscript and she said, oh yeah but we don't publish fiction, we only publish non-fiction and I'd be happy to give you the name of other companies that would would look at this but I have, I'm just have it sitting on the corner of my desk because it's fiction and I said, uh, I really would love it if you would just read it because i really was commanded by god to send it to you and so she was so open and so sweet and she said well i'll tell you what i've got one of the editors that's going on vacation i'll see if they're interested in taking the manuscript with them on vacation and reading it and so i'll call you when they come back And about three weeks later, she placed a phone call to me, and she said, well, guess what? We're going to publish your book. (laughs) And so she said they loved it. The editor (laughs) said it's very rough, needs a lot of work, uh, but he says that it's not only a great story, but it would make a fantastic movie. And she said, just (laughs) hold on. uh, We will get there, and we'll get this done. So it happened. I mean, I sat there and bawled like a baby. I was so blown away because almost verbatim the words that God had told me was the words that she used when she made me me. Mm,
1: mm, mm, mm. Oh, that is so awesome. I love how when the Lord tells us to do something, it doesn't mean it's going to go off without a hitch, but if we persevere, we will have the victory. Well, it has been An honor, Katie, I just want you to take these last few minutes, whatever you feel led to say, and then we'll sign off. It's been great. I just thank you. Again, you've got to get this book, The Sons of El Elyon, The Seed War, and Justice is Coming. Um, Okay, take it over. All right.
2: Well, thank you again. I appreciate you know, the insight and, and the graciousness that you have um, always shown to me, and um, I, I just adore your spirit and look forward to spending some quality time with you um, in the near future. Um, I honestly, at this point, all I can honestly say is that I have just a few words, and the Lord just keeps building upon these words and and and. Um, and just, it's like what I see is symbols. And I, I see that God is, as I said before, he's all about building a house. And the house is not like a house that we think of. It's not a sanctuary, a temple, a building. The house is individuals. It's the temple in which we live. It's our place our place. Of existence and how he transforming our place's existence, the spirit man, the soul, and the body. He's transforming those into becoming the sons of God. He's transforming them so that we manifest. We don't just think it, but we manifest the power of the Holy Spirit. We walk in the God-given authority. Authority that Yeshua has given us Through his works Through his blood is through what he's done He comes in and he, he, he equips us And the Holy Spirit empowers us To become the manifest sons of God And that is what this is all about We're not in the end of time Where we have been going through The end of the church age and we're entering into the kingdom age. We're entering into the beginning of where God is going to come. Jesus, the Yeshua, is going to come and set up rule and reign for a thousand years upon planet Earth. And the enemy knows that he only has a few short years to get out his messages and to steal as many of those dwelling places off and out of the earth as he can. And putting aside tribulation and and the rapture and all of that, because we're to occupy, we're to come in and we're to begin to manifest the glory of God. We're begin to take back the kingdoms of this world so that they become the kingdoms of our God. I'm talking when I say kingdoms, I'm not talking about... uh, the Republicans and the Democrats in the United States and, and France and, and Britain. I'm talking about the kingdoms of, of the political systems, the, the educational <laughs> systems, medical yeah. systems, the entertainment systems. Yeah. I'm talking about the financial systems. We begin to, and how do we do this? We do this one person at a time. We, each and every one of us, are obligated to God, to stand in our position to carry our weight and to work out our salvation and occupy. And as each, God will warn us, God will send out messages as to what, when, and where all of this is to be accomplished and how it's to be accomplished. But right now, God is positioning us to stand. Amen.
1: Well, it has been awesome, and I can't wait to see you, Katie. I'll be coming to Texas soon, so I will give you a call. And to listeners, uh, another um, broadcast, wonderful broadcast. Again, um, you can uh, reach her at www.katie-griffiths.com. Is that it? Yes. Okay. So until next time, everyone, have a blessed day. It's been awesome. Thank you. Thank you To all my people in the struggle You think God's forgotten about you Here's some pain medicine Let's go
0: You in your car You at the house On your job Be encouraged Come on and longer.